Hi, I'm Andrew Thompson. Today we're joined with Darren Campbell, the innovative and creative Chief Product and Marketing Officer of Dr. Martins. He's here for a Footwear Fables. Thank you for joining me today. It's a very surreal moment talking with you as Dr. Martins is a British brand that I grew up with. It's a brand that's steeped in authenticity and provenance. And really, it's a global brand that has always had a liberal mindset and drives strong ethics and values, as well as great product. A brand that has real personal responsibility. Just before I get into some of the questions, I just wanted to ask you, are you able to give me a little bit of a backstory, a personal backstory before we, we sort of delve into any questions? Yeah, sure, sure. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, it's, a, it's, a ple- it's a pleasure to be with you. Um, so yeah, I'm Darren. I'm the product and marketing officer at Dr. Martins. I've been here for six, six years. Prior to that, I'd spent sort of three years in Amsterdam as head of footwear for, for Europe. Um, I had a stint before that in back in London with Lacoste for four and a half years where I was head of the footwear team there. And uh, my first uh, foray into brand was at Nike for five and a half years where I was actually on the other side of the fence um, doing doing sales. Um, I suppose if we go back a little bit further, um, I started off working for one of the uh, biggest UK sports brands as a store manager on the shop floor before getting into um, into sort of field management. And uh, I suppose my passion for footwear has come from sort of being a kid in the sort of late 80s, early 90s. Um, and I'm, it's, it's still with me now for t- until today. Oh, so that's amazing. That's a, a really, really extensive um, career you've got in, in the industry. Um, so I'm sure we'll get some amazing insight and, and some thought process out of this. I'll sort of jump into the first question, really, which was all about leadership and your philosophy of leadership. And how do you go about unlocking creativity at Dr. Martins? Sure. Um, I think the biggest leadership philosophy that's followed me from brand to brand has been about assembling teams who just come from different worlds. Um, I'm a big believer that creativity comes from the many, not the one. Um, and I've been blessed with having led sort of great teams in the past. But even now at Dr. Martins, I have a super talented team across design, development category and, and brand marketing who all thrive on ideation and the desire to continually improve what they're doing. Yeah. I suppose when, when you're in a situation where you have a team who live and breathe, say, you know, the creative side of art with design, but then the science side of it with the category teams, it's just getting teams just to understand where the lines are um, yeah. so that you don't get the science suppressing creativity and then you don't get the creative teams sort of you know just you know not listening to the science and i think if you can get both sides to come to the line the line gets thicker and stronger uh, where they meet in the middle yeah. and i think my job is to articulate that and sort of give some guidance just thinking about what you're saying it's all about i guess keeping people's energy levels going when you've got that sort of paradox as well within your team you know um, creative commercial thinking and and like you're saying like design creation and then bringing that together is that in in itself can that be challenging at times or yeah it can be because i mean if you use the sort of analogy of building a house you want strong foundations but you can't have you know 60 inch plasma screens in every room and <laughs> you know from, from, from a create from a creative point of view i have design you know design team who are you know ahead of the time a lot of the time um, and i suppose it's it's how do you bring that back into you know the, the consumer targeting that we're going after yeah and um, while still allowing sort of creative expression to come through and i think i've got you know a creative director and product directors who really understand the brand and um, obsess consumerism and allow their teams to sort of you know flourish and have some healthy debate i think it's really important when you go into be it a kickoff meeting or a design review that people are allowed to respectfully challenge 
Yeah. Um, and we create safe environments where you can challenge. And I suppose, you know, the, you know, the final thing that I try and do is empower, challenge, but praise all in equal measures. Um, so it's, it's almost like being the bodyguard and the bodyguards needed, regardless of what side it needs to be. Um, and I suppose through, as leaders, we kind of should have like, if you think about the the bumpers on a on a bowling alley, have them up so that people are safe, but take them down without them knowing, because then they, you know they just then start managing the process themselves. So we usually come into those processes as a guest, and um, just to sort of provoke and make sure that we're staying on point. But the teams themselves drive the um, the creativity and they drive the strategic thinking of the brand. I'm just there to make sure that we are staying on point. Oh, and I mean that sounds really nurturing. I guess within what you're sort of saying as well, there's an element of um you working with the teams and individuals and then that helps with their relationships with each other as well sort of within that whole sort of process yeah um, i mean i mean i have i have five functions you know re- reporting into me so from the sort of design development the category management side of it brand marketing and obviously from a retail point of view the retail look and feel so we have to be quite harmonious because as consumers are coming to your touch points you don't want them to be getting different experiences um so if your brand comms is completely a, you know a jar with your product proposition you know consumers are going to think okay what's going on there so i'm kind of the conduit in between all the functions um and and but like i say i have a, a really strong leadership team working with me um and we are aligned on our sort of strong our longer term strategy so we all know where we're going yeah and um, you know sometimes you know you have somebody sort of go slightly off piece we just pull them back in line you know, just to just to sort of say look this is what we're all signing up to um and and this is the direction we're taking but with a brand like dms which has sort of 60 years of history it's it's easy to um to stay on point because you know we have quite a strong identity and a strong purpose no, absolutely. I mean, um, just sort of thinking about the product creation and, and, and some of those meetings you said you have, there, there's so many aspects to pull um, pull out when I sort of thinking about questions to ask you in regards to Dr. Martins. Um, I think one of the things I greatly admire is the ability for Dr. Martins, to, you, you know, the way you take risks. Seemingly, sometimes when the global marketplace itself seems to sort of conform to masses, uh, mm. You don't follow the zeitgeist. You've got fairly disruptive, sto- you know, stories amongst core um, product. And yeah. I just, I just wanted to know how much of that do you think has played a part in your global success? I, I actually think that's a really interesting view because um, <laughs> we don't actually see what we're doing as being risky. Right. Um, it's really strange. A lot of the time, we challenge ourselves. You know, internally, are we being too safe at times? And the reason I say that is, you know, we've obviously been adopted by consumers over the last six decades who themselves may have expressed themselves differently and, and indeed, you know, would have been seen as non-conformist and risky. Yeah. So I think uh, so I think by association, the brand, too, may have been looked upon as being risky because of the association of the consumer adoption. Right. Um, but even if you walk into our stores globally, you may see our staff with, you know, piercings and tattoos and dress in a way that you wouldn't see in the banking sector, for example. But to them it's not risk it's just a reflection of of them being you know who they are and us being a democratic brand yeah uh, and i think you know be it our product or our events or brand comms they all come from a place of understanding our purpose which is ultimately to empower a little bit of rebellious self-expression that's inside all of us yeah um, and so that's where i probably think we don't see it necessarily as risk i think it's more about just being connected with a consumer um and nowadays i'm I'm not sure what risk is to be honest (laughs) (laughs) 
know what is risk. No, 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 exactly. I mean, it's um, in a world of, full of uncertainty. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you know, in the current climate, I mean, risk, we don't, you know, with, we, don't, we don't even know what risk is. I think there's times where, you know, even from a comms point of view, the beauty with our brand is if we were to do something because of the social community we have that are highly engaged, especially on our social platforms, we'd get called out. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, because our, our, you know, our community, our consumer will tell us if they think we're we're not being true to ourselves. It's really interesting that when you speak to consumers around the globe and you let them know. You now I say to them, where do you work? And they say, I say Dr. Martins. They actually talk as passionately about the brand as everybody on the inside of the business. Yeah. Um, and I've worked for three other fantastic brands, but this is a brand that really captures consumers sentiment and where it almost feels like it's it's part of them yeah um, and that's what's so powerful i mean i really what i love really is yeah you were talking about the authenticity you don't just pull from that authenticity of your your sort of brand heritage leading on to the sort of next question i was going to ask you in a world where this you know seems to be a lot of uncertainty and that has become the norm it seems that people need to see seek more clarity and transparency from brands especially from a social perspective um I, I personally uh, resonate with Dr. Martins because, uh, I, I, as I s- sort of said before, I always feel that there's a really emotive side to what you do and a personal uh, connection behind the product. So you're, you're sort of, you know, rolling out the whole narrative. I wanted to just talk about maybe the, the, the Talking Tough podcast that you generated in 2019. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that's fantastic. There's a range of topics covered from facing sort of adversity to mental health, all of which was promoting, you know, a real positive societal change. Um, yeah. Are you able to tell us a little bit about, you know, how you sort of cover these subjects within the brand and how this all sort of started, the podcast idea? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, it basically all was a, a sort of splinter off the main Tough As You campaign, which we launched in all 2019. Um and then obviously we then, well, it was the UK team actually who came up with a podcast series talking, called Talking Tough. Um, and the aim was to breathe life into sort of the overarching brand um, message, but shining a light on those who had overcome adversity. Um, and dare I say, gone their own way, even to the point where, you know, you may have, they may have had some fallbacks and the middle finger came up and sort of said, you know what, you can't tell me no, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move forward. And I could relate to that myself because I literally left school at 16, not a single qualification. Right. Um, and, I, and I remember my year head at the time saying, Campbell, you've wasted three years of my time. You're going to be in nothing, <laughs> you know? And I was like, you know what? So as much as my middle finger didn't come out, come up at that point, you know, it was about that drive um, to sort of say, I'm resilient, I'm going to bounce back. And that's exactly what Tough Issue is about. It's about adversity, people being rejected, but actually saying, you know what? I'm stronger than that. And I'm going to, and I'm going to actually you know show you so um you know it was hosted by modern presenter georgia moot who's just um got onto the day's top 100 yeah uh, and the podcast ran across sort of has run across six episodes actually a bonus episode came out today so if you want to spotify and type in you know talking tough dr martins you'll you'll get the actual bonus one today oh, um check that out but but the pod uh, we went down the podcast route as well because you know 
it was about trying to connect with sort of the 16 to 34 year old group and we'd actually had insights that this age group was was getting more and more into podcasts you know a way to pass time to learn uh, offer a little bit of distraction um and it's unusual that brands have an opportunity to get to consumers and spend more than sort of a couple of seconds of capturing you know a message yeah um, but but these weren't brand messages these were sort of consumer messages um and we you know we were talking about topics that you know many mediums wouldn't want to touch um, and we were doing it in a way where it was being uncensored you know um, so you know regardless of what the topic was you know we had, we've had sort of Ben Hurst push a narrative about um, you know um, strictly you know, you know the masculinity strictly masculinity and what's it you know how do you get that balance between uh, masculinity self-care yeah uh, you know which guys you know usually don't want to talk about um, and so those those conversations around around that around feminism um you know current social climates what's going on you know the world of fashion how to get on and it really was like i say an unedited series where you could just listen and relate to people who had had challenges but had actually just used their own being to sort of fight through did you almost then have to sort of reevaluate in a way your initiatives have always been about talking to the consumer and you know making a stand a moral and, and ethical sort of issues that through this medium was it almost a re-evaluation of like how you you chose to use that medium is it just through the insight as you said or was there any other sort of factors that played into that i think i think the challenge brands have now is you know how you use the word earlier in the conversation about being authentic and yeah. um, how do you get into this realm without it looking like tokenism you know because there's so many buzz factions going on at this moment in time but you know we you know, if you think of our last four campaigns that we've done over the last I know, 10 years one was first and forever that was talking about you know the consumer's love of the brand first to first time they sort of met the brand you mentioned it earlier on in the opening yeah um, you know stand for something what do you stand for and obviously tough as you is another one where we're actually saying you know what you know there's one line the only thing tougher than Dr. Martin boots as the person that wears it because usually they have something about them so i think you know for us we just wanted to almost give over creative license to um to georgia and for her to sort of say these are the topics that mean something to me you know she's you know she's closer to to the to the community and she and she was happy to co-host the um you know the podcast under under sort of the banner of the brand and you know we wanted to give her that license because you can't actually give a platform to a voice and and then there I say suppress the voice. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean that's an so. interesting that's an interesting point in itself, isn't it? The overall, do you, do you feel that that could be done on a wider a wider spectrum? What's really important to that demographic? Because that's just as important as the the product in terms of all the things you were talking about from a social aspect, environmental issues, all the rest. What's your yeah. sort of personal opinion on that? So it goes. I mean, yeah, I mean I think I mean from our point of view, I always say to to my team that. You know, consumers in theory should buy the you know buy our product having first of all falling up with the brand you know so you know is there a is there a common a common ground between what the brand stands for and what they care about right. you know and, and and how do you bring that together and so and consumers are going to come in they're going to they're going to see an item they're going to buy it but are they buying the item or are they buying the brand because if they just buy the item it might be a single purchase and then your lifetime relationship disappears after one transaction so we don't necessarily want consumers just to come into our stores and buy we want to come in and just feel the vibe of the brand yeah and we're 
and we're always trying to up our game as to how can we communicate about the brand you know how can we use user-generated content in the store so it's not always you know it's not just polished and even when you you know when we look on our instagram accounts you know our our engagement is really high because it's a platform for peer-to-peer conversations yeah yeah i've noticed Um, that yeah yeah so it's it's almost like how do you give something back um where it's not just about commerce yeah i i I think you you managed to do it in a very genuine way as well where you're pointing out positive actions and and avoiding it coming across like sort of virtue signaling as you as you were sort of saying before obviously as a as, as a brand you love to push the boundaries with products and marketing and what's and what your brand stands for and we've spoken about so many great initiatives today what's next for for dr martins as a brand <laughs> um i may be disappointed i may be disappointing you here my friend to be honest, there's nothing radical on the horizon i mean obviously right. you know the current climate and situation we're in i think brands are going to have to flex slightly but i don't think brands will be changing their brand strategies we certainly aren't i mean you know, for us there isn't anything radical from a campaign point of view i mean tough as you allows us to continue to merge like i said earlier what our brand stands for um, and what consumers care about and you know that will inform our com strategies we move forward uh, i think there's obviously sensitivities that you, you know you have to take into consideration like what's going on you know we've, we've we've got a really highly engaged social community they're connecting with our campaign messaging they they connect with local activities that we're doing yeah um, and as, as i mentioned earlier if we go off piece they're going to let us know um so that from a messaging point of view i think it's going to be very very similar it's about this platform for, for the brand and consumers to come together and and, and express sort of un, a united front um but from a product point of view obviously we're celebrating the 60th anniversary this year wow. um, of the very first style that came off the production line which was the 1460 boot um yeah. and we've partnered with 12 friends of the brand we've already dropped four projects um jam through to april with bape and um, raf simmons beans and, and yoji i've seen that um, yeah and we've got another eight incredible projects dropping between now and december so once a month um a 1460 remastered boot will come out um, in conjunction with a, fr- with a friend of the brand yeah um, and that's that's still showing that you know the very first item we made is as relevant today as it was in the you know, first of april 1960 um and that's quite that's quite unique in, it, in its own right um and the, and the 1460 is held in you know high regard internally because it's the filter for everything else we do from a product point of view yeah so what that then allows us to do is to broaden off that we're categories but ensure that we do so with sort of a brand dna filter on all the time so from a creative point of view we, we have to broaden our proposition but we need to make sure that when a consumer sees whatever it is they seek on the brand they can say that's dms whether it's a sandal whether it's a wedge heel yeah. whether it's a kids product it really has to have a strong identity um and i think we've still got so much to go after um so you know from that point of view i i i think we are not going to be going anywhere down the radical route we're yeah. going to continue to do what has set us up um for where we are now um and then just allow the you know the guys to come with a creative lens seasonally just to make sure that we are maintaining our relevance of the brand but also exciting consumers just in segue to that actually i mean it's it's amazing that you have that lineage where it's something that's so iconic you're able to just do sort of sort of variations and push that through different lenses to to create something new how do you go about sort of um selecting your your collaborations like you said they were sort of friends of the brands is it is it is it a a sort of a reciprocal thing or or do people just come and come you know ask for a chat 
I think yeah, yes, a bit of a chat. I mean, I think we, uh, I think it's like-minded creatives. Yeah, um, we get approached by by quite a few partners, um, and I think the challenge is making sure we don't overload it. So we just become what could be deemed like a licensed brand. Yeah, you yeah. Just, you know, so that's re- that fine line. But we're fortunate where the the caliber of partners we have are well respected in, in the footwear industry and the fashion industry. And the first thing we'll do is we'll hand them a one pager which is basically it's almost like our our sort of 10 commandments of you know <laughs> what what we expect of them but what we want to do for, for, for their brand as well because we want to protect and look after their brand like it's our own and we expect them to do the same with us so as long as there's that common um, mutual respect between two brands yeah. um, and we, you know we respect what they what they stand for and, and they do the same we come together and and again it goes to the consumer it goes about you know do we have a consumer who's going to see the two and say that's a marriage that i'd expect and if it's an yeah. unexpected marriage it's still got to be enhancing both brands yeah um, i was going to ask about that the customer base i mean it's yeah that's almost like a third a third thing you have to consider each time isn't it obviously you know not yeah. not in that particular order but um, no. Does it reflect uh, your, your your consumers' um, taste and concerns, um, and, yeah. and the relevancy of that as well? Yeah, and sometimes you know we we'll, we can partner with a consumer who will who give who will give us exposure to a consumer who we don't currently have. Right. Yeah. Um, so as you look at sort of consumer acquisition, sometimes you can use a a partner who'll help you get there into a distribution or to a consumer type, and vice versa. You know, there's some consumers that may be at a certain level of, of sort of the innovation curve and, and they want to broaden their consumer base and, and, you know, sort of we work together that way as well. Um, so it's got to be a mutual relationship um, and it's got to be, let's say, brand enhancing for both sides. Yeah, so it's a finely tuned gap between what a brand does and how a brand behaves, isn't it? Yeah. So pivoting into my last question, what would your call to action be for all designers, thinkers in generating design to enable a more social and sort of less homogenized future? Hmm. I suppose I would say um, be the best version of yourself and not a second rate version of someone else. Um, You know, it's kind of resist the temptation to join a trend party. Instead, host your own party, you know, Um, and and just think why are consumers coming to you? You know, what's the design aesthetic that you can bring that moves your brand on, but it's still still clearly your brand. And the other thing I would say is know when design, when to stop at 99% design, because so many times from a design point of view, we try to get to 100% and usually you that last one percent is a thing that gives someone a reason not to buy right you know that, right. that extra color pop or the deco stitch that's not really needed you know <laughs> so on and so on you know what it's like yeah. you, you've been there yourself <laughs> where you just want to push it one more thing and just from a creative point of view it's allowing creative to get to a point you say do you know what stop that's beautiful and then someone will say yeah but what about just no it's a 99 percent. that next thing you can take into your next concept and i suppose it's just knowing when that is because there's so many fantastic designs you see and then all of a sudden you think only it didn't have that i would have bought it yeah no that's Um, that's that's true i mean it's hard to maintain really isn't it and i guess from uh, from from even out of a sort of design uh sphere where you've got from a marketing perspective i guess there's there's things that you guys must reject all the time right yeah you you um, go blue sky and then you rain it in yeah you do and i think it's really important to allow blue sky to happen yeah um because blue sky might be um you know gray sky two seasons down the road 
it's ready it's ready to go you know <laughs> <It's>, like <laughs> um, but but the amount of time that you look online at a piece of apparel and you like the look of it and then you go through the thumbnails and you see the back it's got an awful design on the back you say you've just ruined it you know so mm. it's kind of it's it's the same from from our point of view with our guys and like i said at the beginning i've got a super super talented creative team who yeah. really understand the brand they understand consumers so we very rarely have you know the sort of 100% conversations yeah but what we but what we do do at times and this is where you know we're always learning sometimes we're ahead of the curve um and we'll, we'll get something to market which is possibly you know a year or 18 months too soon yeah um so but you know you only know if you get it to market otherwise you would we would stay safe and we'd just be delivering black shoes with you know yellow welt stitches which dare i say is our bread and butter and is, is what we're born on but we've got to push the envelope sometimes it's just a case of how much we push i call those um broken dreams <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. it's funny though actually you say that do you sometimes revisit that box yes where you've been so early with something yeah. you're like oh my my goodness what about that idea that we had so and so okay yeah it's we yeah, really... it's really interesting you say that we do we have to um and also the other thing that we we keep revisiting is our archive right you yes, know? i mean you know there's 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 times where uh, we'll go to the archive and we'll bring something which which we think is really on point and then the consumer's not ready for it. Um, and then, you know, we'll take it back out and we'll let it we'll let it sit down for a bit and it'll percolate and then we'll revisit it. Um, so I think it's really important because it's ultimately someone's work as well. You know, so you don't you don't throw somebody's work, just discard it. You, you need to understand why it didn't work, yeah. and how you can tweak it and, and bring it back um, because there's lots of creative juice in it. So what, what wasn't quite right and what can you tweak for a future season? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I think the other the other thing on the social piece that we always try and do is, um, dare I say, design with durability in mind. Right. Um, you know, I think the most sustainable shoes I have in my wardrobe are ten years old. <laughs> I mean, but that's, that's great, isn't it? It's sustainability in its own right, isn't it? You know, so I could, you know, I could either buy in that time, let's think, to twenty pairs of a vulcanized pump, yeah. or I could have one pair of of what I've got, which, you know, just get better with age. It's like decent jeans, like a great pair of denim jeans. You know, you, you don't want to throw them away. You sort of re-yarn them when the crutch goes, etc. You know, you know, sustainability is something that all brands have a responsibility to think about. And from our point of view, we feel that one of the biggest ways of being sustainable is to produce product that's going to last. Yeah, because then you're not having to dispose of it after one season. That's such a... Um important top topic at the moment do you think that we're sort of going to reach um this period where we'll all sort of slow down a little and um you know the consumers will have more consideration over purchases and but that whole thing of when you had like um you used the example of denim jeans and maybe they might might have cost you a little bit more than something that wasn't so maybe of the time but more of a yeah. classic but you know you would you'd have that and it, it would last you a long time do you think those sort of those, those sort of values uh, are going to return to the fore and or are we already seeing some of that are we in it we're seeing it now I mean, right. we're seeing it in those sort of secondhand shops and yeah you know you, you just i mean when we go out to, and go to tokyo and you see sort of secondhand dms out there and be like oh my god that's from 1996 and you know we we end up sort of buying them you know for reference points but consumers now i have you know 
kids in my team, and I say kids because they're sort of compared to my age, they're, they're kids. Yeah. But you know, <laughs> they won't they won't buy new they won't buy new products. You know, they'll they'll be going to thrift shops and secondhand shops and online because they're conscious they're conscious now about you know reusing things and you know and customizing things. You know, they say that you know when consumers are customizing, it means more to them. So we have a you know a complete faction of consumers who buy boots and customize them and love them and and you know what that's that's also sustainable because they want to keep hold of those things they want to cherish them now i've got items that my wife would have loved to have thrown away five years ago i won't let her you know i'm like no she says you never wear you never wear them i'm like i know but that's not the point I'm not going to throw them away, you know. I'm so laughing. She'll, she'll hang my jeans on the line just to air them because they are really. I won't let her wash them either because it'll, it'll deteriorate. So it's, um, you know. But you're right. There is there is now uh, even more. You know, vanity projects. You know, sustainable vanity projects got to go. You know, you've got to see what is the biggest impact you can make. Yeah. And I'd rather say to my guys, let's put. 10% recycled lining in 10 million pairs of shoes and have three shoes and a little capsule which sell, you know, a thousand pairs. You know what? Let's not do that. That's not right. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and we are really doing our best uh, and we're far from perfect as a brand, but we're doing everything we can to minimize, you know, minimize the impact. And I think one of the ways you can do it is just by creating durable product that lasts. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, connecting with your customer base, listening to them, yeah. right? So, yeah, no, that's absolutely amazing. You know, you clearly have a strong sense of of self and vision, and you you have some amazing anchor points of reference, um, which I'm sure your creative teams um, flourish to work around. I've got a huge respect for your work and and how you do it, and I, I I just thought this would be invaluable, and it has been in terms of the insight that you've you've shared with us today. So thank you very much and um, yeah, keep safe and yeah, and enjoy too, enjoy this time. Yeah, as well, much thank as possible. you very much for for the opportunity and I've really enjoyed it. And uh, like I say, stay safe and love to you and your family, man. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Darren. Take care. Bye bye. Okay. Bye bye.